Trash kid. Trash kid. We got the donut hole so we don't have to work on that pole. Trash can. Trash can. We're not getting any younger. Give us money or on the corner. Trash can. Trash can. Something, 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 something. Trash can. Trash can. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And just kidding. We don't work on a pole or the corner. But we do need that money. We do need that money. This is the Donut Box Podcast. Sweet 16. That's a great, great time. Well, technically it's 17 if you count the two times that we recorded, but we won't uh, count the two times we recorded 15. So just like just like Chris said last week, it's like the fourth grade. It's the first episode or the first time we recorded and the second time we recorded. It's episode 15, volume one and volume two. Anyways, well, we'll just jump into it. Hopefully everyone's doing good this week uh, so far. And uh, for those of you who don't know, um, we are going to be starting some new video series on some UFC fights, so be looking out for that. Um, Also, we want to thank all of our Donut Box OGs for everybody who's listening. We appreciate the support. And uh, if you're new here, um, we we really appreciate you listening and we hope you enjoy. Um, So we're going to jump in our very first segment which is the old-fashioned donut, which is our story from our past. This week is going to be about the time we tried to frame somebody, but it happened to be not what we expected. And I don't think that the person that is expecting this knows, so just like we did last week, we're going to formally apologize to our friend uh, Presley, that's his name, uh, cause we framed, but we didn't like this kid that we were trying to get kicked out of the youth group. Uh, his name was Jeremiah. We'll call him Jeremiah the Bullfrog. I don't know why everybody says that. Apparently there's a song called Jeremiah the Bullfrog. Uh, we really didn't like this kid cause he was very pretentious, very stuck up and everybody seemed to like him even though he was kind of a jerk. Oh yeah. Typical, uh, doctor's kid always bragged about having money, blah, blah, blah. We, we took offense to that. We didn't really like that too much. And so there was this one night, youth group-wise, and we used to have almost like field days, except it was during youth group at night. And so this this night in particular, um, everybody went outside. And so the area we normally had church in was wide open. And, uh, well, we were roaming around, and this kid normally left his phone in this certain place. And we walked around to this place, and there was a phone sitting there. And so Chris and I said, there's his phone. And, I mean, you could probably see the light bulb go off from halfway across the room for the both of us. We were like, we're going to do something. We're going to get him kicked out. Well, we really didn't like him at all. Like I said, I I really wanted to fight this guy because I was like, I'll get kicked out of the youth group for fighting this guy. I don't care. But I was like, as soon as I saw the phone, I don't know which one of us. Let's just say me and Michael tend to share one brain sometimes, and especially being 16-year-old kids, we were dumb. And to be honest, we each had a quarter of a brain, so a quarter and a quarter is half a brain put together. And we decided, uh, both of us, that we are going to get him kicked out of the youth group. Now, how are we going to get him kicked out of the youth group? Well, 
We're going to take some pictures. Don't worry. They're not that bad. It's not what you're thinking. I already know where your mind is going. It's like, we're going to take some pictures, send them to some people, and act like it was him the whole time. So what happened, Michael? What kind of pictures did we take? Well, first of all, I just want to say we found out that the phone was open. Didn't have a passcode or nothing. So we were like, okay, perfect. Even better, you know. And so we took it to the bathroom, which sounds even worse in probably the direction that your minds are going, you sickos. But it wasn't that bad. What we ended up doing was, um, you know, I'm a little bit of a bigger guy. Not not huge, but I'm a little bit of a bigger guy. And uh, I could squeeze my chesticles together and maybe look like some lady parts. So what I ended up doing is um, we squeezed them together. And we took a couple of snapshots of what looked like uh, breastages. And um, we proceeded to send them to everybody, every, especially the males, in, in the contact list. So we, we sent these pictures out in just mass. Um, <laughs> and um, so we sent them out. And as we're going through the contacts, we find Jeremiah's contact. And we're sitting there, and I just remember the look on her face of, oh, crap, this isn't his phone. Well, let me let me backtrack. So we decided that Michael would be the one to do it because, A, Michael's a little bit bigger than me. B, I'm more of a, like, a woolly mammoth, so uh, I have a lot of hair everywhere. Not that you needed to know. TMI. We should probably have put a disclaimer before uh, this because this is a little bit more PG-13. But if uh, they would have took a picture of, uh, you know, my chest, it would have been very hairy. would have given it away. But as Micah said, uh, we go through the phone and we're sending a to people and then we find Jeremiah's contact and we looked at each other and we're like well crap whose phone did we grab and what happened next Micah so we started going through the photos and we found out that it was this guy Presley who was extremely nice didn't have any issues with him he was actually an assistant pastor as well like very very good guy like nothing and I never felt so bad in my life um, just, just FYI. So Presley, if you're listening to this, we're sorry. If you ever got any weird text about, we, we ended up deleting all the text and hoping that he would never find out. I don't know if he ever did. Cause of course we returned the phone to the same spot, but Presley, if you're listening, sorry, we sent out pictures of my chesticles on your phone and tried to get someone else framed for it we quickly realized that it was not uh jeremiah's phone so we went back to the bathroom we're like all right bro delete 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 because we saw people were coming back in the people that were out in the field day because that's where everybody was me and micah decided that we were going to just stir up trouble uh, and stay back but everybody else was coming in from the field they were like come on delete 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 and uh presley came up to us and was like guys have you seen my phone and we were like oh no man and we were like crap that's when we realized that was presley's phone apparently they had the same kind of phone that looked a lot of like now this was like back in like 2010 when phone varieties were not you know they were pretty similar they weren't that bi that big so uh, and of course people left their screens unlocked all the time cuz it just wasn't really a thing to lock your screen or lock your phone yeah and we i mean and essentially we after we took the the bad pictures we went back and we put the phone back in the same place and then when we found out that it wasn't theirs whatever that's what we 
rushed out there, got it. And, of course, everybody's coming inside, including Presley's coming back inside, too. And, yeah, it's when he walked up to us and was like, hey, have y'all seen my phone? And we're like, yeah, no. And then we just returned it back to the same spot as inconspicuous as possible. And we don't know what happened from there. But, like I said, we shotgunned that picture out there. Just just saying. We, we, we sent it to most everybody until we got to Jeremiah's contact. So everybody just contact up to Jay probably got it. Yeah. So that was not a, a proud moment in our lives. And uh, even when Presley was like, Hey, if y'all see my phone and then we slipped it and then like, like I think a couple of seconds later, we're like, Oh yeah, it's over here. It's over here. Here's your phone. So uh, that was a story of how we were trying to get that kid kicked out of the youth group. Didn't happen. Uh, we probably should have got, kicked out of the youth group too pastor scott if you're listening uh i mean i'm not really sorry but <laughs> we we're sorry we didn't it, it all worked out in the end and we can all laugh about it now yeah but you know not exactly one of our proudest moments all right so that was our old-fashioned donut what's the next segment on the donut box podcast the next segment is the bear claw <laughs> Which we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories this week. Awesome, because I know a lot of you guys uh, love conspiracy theories. And we did an episode where we talked about weird conspiracy theories. And we are going to talk about more weird conspiracy theories. Uh, So are you ready for these, Micah? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, I think Micah will appreciate this because Micah is somewhat of an aeronautical uh, guru, I'll say. Aficionado, if you will. That's the word I'm looking for, aficionado. That's a we try to use a very uh vocabulary. I I I take those words that we did in our vocabulary books and I take them to heart and I still remember them. So we try to use a a vast vocabulary on here. Yeah, I get uh, I still get those emails about SAT vocabulary words every week. So yeah, I get I get big words that I rarely know what they mean in my inbox all the time. We try to scoop those in here every now and then. Yep. Uh. So. The first one, Micah, you're going to appreciate this. It is rumored or it is a conspiracy theory that the Denver airport is home to the Illuminati, that it's the headquarters of the Illuminati. And they say that there's like paintings and pictures um, all over and that it just, you know, of course, the airport like makes fun of it, um, but there's like uh, public public art and stuff and there's murals. Uh, that suggests that the Illuminati is the uh, headquarters of uh, it, it has its headquarters in Denver. What do you think about that? Well, I've heard this one for a very long time. Um, I don't think it's true. I mean, unless there's some secret place that we don't know about within the airport. I've been to Denver a couple times, and it, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a vast airport. It's largest land size in the entire U.S., but. I don't, I don't think so. And the thing about it is, after seeing this, I went and saw the art that they were talking about in some of the... There's a sculpture, I believe, too, that's around there. And it was... It just looks like they had a style that they were going for, and they went with that style. I don't think that they're home to anything. And plus, I mean, an airport, <laughs> it's kind of, a, kind of be a weird spot. I mean, I guess it would make sense... Because everybody can fly in and gather there, but people in the Illuminati, if if it is real, is uh, they're going to be so powerful. They're flying. They're flying private jets. They're not. They're not going to be in no terminal with 
with the common folks, you know what I mean? Well, it is inconspicuous, so, I mean, I, I would see why they would do it, because it's very inconspicuous, inspicuous, just like with the mob. You know, they set up a Italian restaurant or a coffee shop as as a storefront, you know what I mean? And you don't know what's really going on in the back, so I can see it. Now, let me ask a deeper question. Do you believe that the Illuminati is really in existence? Because there are some people that don't even believe they're real. It's hard to say. I mean, personally, I know that there are going to be secret societies out there all over the place, but I think it's all speculation. And, I mean, I've heard it for years of so-and-so's in the Illuminati and, you know, they're the head of it, but really seen no tangible evidence. And most of the time, uh, even some of the most secretive organizations around the world have more evidence than, than the Illuminati has being real. So I guess mine is no but I also wouldn't be surprised if it was yes. I mean, I'm going to go on record and say it. I mean, I don't know if it's the Illuminati per se, but I do believe there's like a secret organization full of elite people that are like running the world and they make decisions and stuff. I mean, you. I mean, I don't label myself a conspiracy theorist, but I, I'd say I'm open to it. Uh, so I think so. Now, this next one, um, this is during the World War II uh, period, and I I'm sure you know where I'm going with this, uh, but the, it is rumored that the Nazis had like a secret base or a secret camp in Antarctica. What do you think about that? I don't, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me because they were definitely testing a lot of technologies and things. But um, at the same time, I don't think we'll we'll really ever know if they did. I believe that our government or a government has covered it up massively, and it's not like flocks of us are going down to Antarctica to uncover it. So if they, again, it's kind of like if they do, I wouldn't really be surprised. But geographically, if you're talking about the 40s and things, I mean, in order to logistically get enough for a base camp from Germany to Antarctica, it's highly unlikely. I mean, you're talking about more than halfway across the world, across multiple oceans um, to get there. And, I mean, it's not like they had the technology. Yeah, they had boats and things, but, I mean, a uh, uh, hospitable place, or not hospitable, a very hostile place like Antarctica, you're going to need supplies among supplies among supplies because it's not like you can go hunt and kill something right quick and get some food. It says that in 1947... Uh... I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he was a Hungarian exile in Argentina. Uh, he claimed that Hitler survived the war and that U-boats that docked in Argentina after the war have first dropped off at a secret Nazi base in Antarctica. Uh, and they believe that a German ship sailed to Antarctica in 1938. And they even go so far as to speculate or theorize that the Nazis encountered alien life or alien technology in Antarctica and that's how they're able to uh, set up an extensive underground base of caverns. That's what they believe. Now, there are like a lot of like stories and people coming out saying that stuff. I mean, none of them actually truly line up. But if it's true, I'm pretty sure the government has covered it up. I don't think uh, they would just let that be like public knowledge because then everybody would want to go to Antarctica to like explore it. And Antarctica is not like really, number one, it's hard to live there. Number two, it's not like owned by any country and no country has like stake in it so then that would cause like a massive war for to see who could get to own the nazi base in antarctica you know what i mean i really think that 
if if that did happen, yeah, for sure, it's been covered up. And it would be something, like you said, it would be something that would be easy to cover up because not a lot of people are flocking down to Antarctica for their spring break this year. So, you know, it's if, if it is a thing, which I don't think so, like I said, for the time period, even after the war, um, I mean, the amount of money and resources you would have to have to just get down there and to set up would just be... A massive undertaking even before the war I mean I just I don't think that knowing the history and where the Nazis came from and were going to and things like that I think they had their mind on other things I would not want to uh live in Antarctica at all at all at all but um so this next one you're gonna appreciate this again it's has to do with uh airline things and pilots and whatnot uh there's a theory that amelia Earhart was eaten by coconut crabs when she ever she got lost and was crashed have you ever heard that before never heard that one before i've heard a lot of amelia Earhart stories and where she is and what happened with her and things i uh, to be honest i think that amelia Earhart she crashed in the pacific the pacific is so vast that you just never find her she probably went down with her plane be honest with you that's what i think happened um, I mean, if she washed up on shore, the thing about it is I think that we would have found more remnants of the plane. I think we would have found, unless it's some one of these small uh, Pacific islands that we just haven't found yet. Well, that's what they said. They said, according to this unproven theory, uh, coconut crabs on the island of Nukumararo may have come upon Earhart's body after she crash-landed and dismembered her remains. Parts of a skeleton whose measurements matched the description of Amelia Earhart were discovered on Nicomaro by a British colonial officer in 1940, and then they lost those records. So uh, that's what they're—that's where they're saying this theory stems from. Yeah, I don't—I don't think so. I mean, and plus, back then, it's not like now. I mean, people still get lost in the Pacific Ocean and end up washing up on islands i mean there was a story not too long ago where that happened so that could have been anybody yeah it really could have so uh those are our conspiracy theories uh let us know if you want to listen to more conspiracy theories i find these ones very interesting just because i've never heard these conspiracy theories before it's very interesting to delve into and to you know uh look into that stuff because i mean you never know what happens or what history tries to cover up you know i always enjoy talking about it too because uh Maybe the other person has some sort of idea that maybe I'm not thinking of, or maybe you can think of something in that instance where it could be true or false. or Right. So the next uh, segment is the donut hole, which is the movie pick of the week. Now, I will save you the spoilers. Um, if you have not seen the Batman yet, you should go see it. Uh, it's very good. It's about three hours long. Um, it stars Robert Pat- Pattinson as the Batman, and the story takes place. Uh, they make it very clear that this is like year two, like his second year of being Batman. So he's only been Batman for about two years. Um, I was very skeptical and very hesitant when I found out that old Twilight Boy was pa- playing Batman, but. He did a phenomenal job, man. Like, he was great as Batman. He was not a good Bruce Wayne, but I talked with somebody, and they were like, well, he's still trying to figure out who Bruce Wayne is because Bruce Wayne is, like, very dark and emo, and he's still pretty messed up from, like, his parents' death, which I thank the Lord that they did not 
redo the whole origin story of his parents going the alley and getting shot like they skipped all that because we already know the origin story we already know how bruce wayne came to be how batman came to be and i liked it because batman is a very complex character and a lot of the movies have just focused on his gadgets and his riches and the Batmobile and all those cool things. But they forget that Batman is like smart. Like Batman is like the world's greatest detective. And so like in this movie, they set it up. The main antagonist is the Riddler and they portray him as like this uh, crazed serial killer. And so like he's leaving clues all over his crime scenes and like Commissioner Gordon and the police they call Batman in to like help them solve the crime. And like, it's cool to watch him like work and put the detective pieces together. And so it was really good. They have penguin in there, which is great. He's a, uh, he's a good penguin, uh, better than Danny DeVito's penguin. In my opinion, I was, I was about to ask what was it, you know, Danny DeVito's penguin has a special place in my heart, more for the humorous side of things, but yeah, how, how was that? Well, this penguin is like more of the mobster penguin. He's like very like he's kind of like, and there's a uh, Carmine Falcone who's like the crime boss of uh, Gotham City, and he's like Falcone's right hand man. And so they do good. They portray Catwoman uh, very well. You know, she's still trying to step into her role and still kind of new. And there, it's interesting because like Batman is like dealing with. Basically, they call him Vengeance. Like, his other name is, like, Okay, Vengeance. And, like, he's all about vengeance. And throughout the course of the movie, he realized, hey, like, I got to be more than just kicking butt and taking names. I need to be a symbol of hope to these people. And it's really good because, I mean, you see Batman progress. Um, You know, they show, like, an episode with the Batmobile, uh, which is pretty cool. It's not, like, the best Batmobile, in my opinion. But it's still pretty cool. It's It's, like, more of, like, a classic car Batmobile which is really cool. Um, I would have loved to see more of Alfred because you have Andy Serkis who is Alfred and he was like great, but like, I guess we'll see more of him in the later movies because they left it off to make more movies. But it was interesting to see like Batman's character develop and him deal with his past and him deal with like the dark stuff that's like plaguing him. It is pretty dark. It is three hours long. Um, I mean, there are points in the movie where it's a little slow, where it could have picked up, but I thought it was a really good movie, so. Yeah, and as most people know from what we've been talking about, uh, I'm I'm typically not one to go to the movies and go see it, but I I like Batman a lot, and to all you Batman haters out there, I don't got the words for you, but I do want to go see it, because it does sound good, um... I will match what you were saying. I still am a little skeptical. I'll see it and and everything. But Robert Pattinson as Batman, I was kind of like, okay, that's not who I would first choose for for Batman, you know. But um, I'll give it. I'll definitely give it a chance. And yeah, I mean, if you like it, typically what you like, I like for the most part. So I'll definitely give it a go and see it. Honestly, if you had never seen Robert Pattinson in Twilight, like you would not have known that it was Robert Pattinson. I promise you, until he become until he like does the Bruce Wayne roles, like I promise you, I forgot that it was Twilight Boy playing Batman. I really did, and I was like, man, he's just Batman. He was a good Batman. You know, he had the perfect you know disguising of his voice. It wasn't too like I'm Batman kind of a thing, but he was like still kind of grungy. And the thing 
that's about Batman. Batman has so many good stories, like in the comics, and he's just a very well-rounded character. And he has so many villains. And I like again, like I said, the way they portrayed the Riddler because the before Riddler's just kind of this goofy, haha, like B-level villain for Batman. But in this movie, he's like top notch, like at his game, like he's giving Batman a run for his money, and like it really shows like he's not just a B level. Um, you know, I'm glad that they stayed away from the Joker because I, you know, I like the Joker, but I'm tired of seeing Batman and Joker. Like Batman has more than just one villain other than the Joker. He has like a lot. Like I would like to see them redo Mister Freeze because the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger, terrible, 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 and maybe even Poison Ivy, but. I digress, but give Batman a check out, uh, watch it, um, or wait till it comes out on HBO Max. But I mean, it is an investment. One more note that I will say, I really think that the reason that the Joker keeps coming up is because, um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but especially when Harley Quinn was a thing, like everybody, and I wouldn't say everybody, I've known a lot of people that'll say, you know, I'm like Harley Quinn and he's like the Joker or whatever. And they like to you know, relate themselves to that sort of relationship, which I think is kind of crazy because their relationship isn't fantastic. But um, I really think that's what kind of thrust Joker into a bigger role was because most people, if you think about it, that's really the only one that they can name is, you know, the Joker. Um, So anyways, I digress. That was a little bit of a side note there, but... Anyway, so our next segment is going to be what fries my donuts. And I know I did last week's, but I got my cup overflow with with aggravation. And in this case, I will say more of, I guess, the the frying oil overflows the fryer in this situation. But anyways, um, what I don't like, I don't like it when people decide they're going to make fun of certain appearances mine is my nose now i know this is really trivial it sounds like i'm like 10 but this is to my significant other and she listens every week i'm calling her out right now on this podcast my nose is fine i don't have a small nose but seriously that's just a funny note the biggest thing that really drives me nuts and this really ties into a more serious subject, um, is people who judge other people off of appearances. And, you know, really and truly, we can bring racism into that. I can't stand any of that stuff. That's It's, it's just not right. Where we are uh, in this world, we really shouldn't be pointing out people's differences and judging them based off of that. I mean, really and truly, we shouldn't even be judging people off of where they're from, where their accents are from, even the small things. Um, I think we've all experienced it to a certain extent. Now, don't get me wrong, more people have to deal with it worse. And I feel very sorry for those people. And I just, I guess I was raised different, but I don't understand where that comes from in life. I don't understand where that comes from and why people have to judge people based off of appearances or based on beliefs or ideals. We're all on the same earth. You know, we're all having to go through our own experiences. And when did it become not okay to have your own beliefs? When did it become not okay? I mean, I guess it's always kind of been there, but I just don't think it's right to judge people off of things that you cannot control. 
I mean, people can't control their race. People can't control their nose. <laughs> you know, people can't control these things. Well, I uh, I I understand that because. I have a big nose and I always joke with people, you know, saying I got a big Jew nose and, you know, I make fun of it. But to some people, some people are really like sensitive about it. And I saw like this post um, and it was like this bigger guy. He was more of a heavyweight, heavy, heavy set guy. And uh, someone posted uh, this. This clown was trying to dance until we caught him. And, like, they were making fun of him because, like, you know, he was overweight and stuff like that. And you could just see the look on his of disappointment on his face. And, you know, luckily there were some people that like reached out to him and was like, you know, and it was this lady and she was like, hey, you know, so-and-so a dancing guy. They called him dancing guy because they couldn't figure out who he was for a while. And they're like, hey, dancing guy, if you want to dance, we we have like a hundred ladies that would want to love to dance with you. And then celebrities started getting involved and they were like, yeah, uh, let me know when this is going down. Like, we'll DJ it and everything. And like celebrities were getting on board and they finally found this guy and like, they showed pictures of him like dancing with all these girls, you know, around him and stuff. And like, he was having a legitimately fun time. Cause like people went out of their way to reach out to him. But I'm like, man, it's just so messed up to put somebody down for the way that they look. You know, there are people that maybe they don't look, you know, the best on the outside to you, but their inside is what counts. You know, it's really about, and it's like what Martin Luther King said, you don't, don't judge someone on the base of the color of their skin, but by the content of their character and not just by skin, but why the way they look, you should judge somebody by their character and not the way they look. I mean, about the nose thing, I'm, I'm largely kidding. I just wanted to call her out because it's fun to call her out. It, it's one of those things. I'm not too sensitive about it. It's whatever we, you know, but it really, thinking about that sort of thing it made me think about the bigger picture and what happens day in and day out i mean even in the event that you're talking about somebody that's overweight i mean they have to go through struggles each and every day i mean that aren't that aren't good that aren't fun i mean i i've talked to a few overweight people and they talk about just the sheer fact of when i sit in this chair am i going to fit and if i don't fit Who's looking at me and who's going to be laughing at me because I don't fit in this chair? Or, you know, just, and there's countless other things about that sort of thing. And it's not, it's not funny. It's not cool. And the thing about it, um, largely on social media too, it's really a commonality to point these things out and to make fun of people. I mean, shoot, there was even somebody that we knew that became a meme because she's she's a little bit overweight but she's really into fashion and she was like modeling this thing and she became into a negative meme like overnight like a viral meme and they were like making fun of her now don't get me wrong she got paid for it but i mean she went through i mean that was a hellish experience when thousands of people are looking at you and making fun of you like that well i'll add one more thing even making fun of somebody's personality. And I saw this too. Like, it was like, uh, I hate when extroverted people ask me, why are you so quiet? And you, you, you say, well, I say, if I were to ask you, why are you so loud? That's rude. Like if you were to ask somebody, why are you so loud all the time? You know, don't, if somebody's quiet and just chilling, just like leave them alone. But anyways, bro, uh, if your girl puts you out, on the couch and she puts you out the house because you called her out on the donut box podcast don't worry buddy you could stay with me so um, do you have anything else to add to to this nah man be fair be equal um understand that everybody is walking in their own shoes and try to put yourself in their shoes to understand what's actually going on and remember the golden rule and i know it's cliche but just 
remember how you would want to be treated if you were in their shoes. Exactly, man. And I used to be really bad, you know, just being vulnerable about, you know, looking at someone or, you know, even counting them out and say, oh, they don't, you know, can't really add much to the table or add much to my team. And, you know, I've been surprised and, you know, God is definitely very convicted me on that. And is like, you know what, you need to treat everybody the way, you know, Jesus treats people, even if you don't agree with them, even if you don't agree with their beliefs, you still need to treat them like a decent human being. And uh, there's a way to do that. But uh, yeah, I just be kind, just be a good person. Just, you know, treat people with respect and dignity and you ain't got to like, you know, everything they do and you don't like, got to like the way that they believe, but treat people with common courtesy. Well, and the, the biggest thing too is the surprising thing, the effort that people put forth to put people down, it takes so much less effort to build them up and, you know, not, not be that way. So, you know, just make sure you're sowing your efforts in the right, in the right seeds here. I mean, that's really really what it comes down to and it really fries my donuts when people will go out of their way to poke fun at somebody and just not it's not that cool not cool on anybody nope so our next segment is our mystery donut which is our improv segment so we're going to do it a little bit different uh today uh this is called life lessons with mr dennis now uh my dad god rest his soul uh is no longer with us uh but fortunately, he, uh, you know, is still still with us through through our comedic times. Uh, me and Michael like to do his voice all the time. Yeah, and he he was a very good guy, very opinionated sometimes, and he he made us laugh uh, even when he wasn't intending to make us laugh. So hopefully, the, this this little segment will make you laugh as well. So we are going to. We're going to go, we're going to trade off. So I am going to pick a different thing or scenario and Micah is going to have to make a life lesson out of it in my dad's voice. Okay. And then he'll pick something for me and I'll try to make a life lesson out of it in my dad's voice. So this is a little bit different. Uh, for those of y'all that don't know my dad, here's a little insight into him. Uh, so we're going to do this. So Micah, I am going to ask you to make a life lesson with Mr. Dennis with the foundation being making an ice cream cone. I can do that. All right. I'll give you a second. All right. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. All right. Go for it. Well, it's the third time I told you how to make this ice cream cone. I ain't going to tell you again. You better pay attention. Now, this is day one at the Cold Stone Creamery. Alright, now what you want to do, you're going to take that ice cream, step one, take it out of the bucket. Now, if I see drippage all over here and you're going to make me wipe up around your counter, I'm going to have problems with you. You understand? So step one, make sure you scoop it and scoop it clean. I ain't cleaning up after your mess. Now second, you're going to put it on the cold stone. That's why we're called cold stone creamer, because we got the cold stone. Now. What you're gonna do, you're gonna take the two scoop and you're gonna switch them all up and you're gonna make them and combine them all up. And then what you're gonna do is you're gonna put them in the bowl. That's step three. And if they want sprinkles or any sort of topping, that's step four. And I wanna watch you do it. And if you get anything on this counter and I gotta wipe it up, you're gonna have problems. What do you think of that? What do you think of that life lesson with Mr. Dennis? That was pretty good. That sounds like 
my dad whenever he would teach me how to do anything. All right. Um, what's what's my life lesson that I gotta that I gotta teach? So your dad wasn't uh, the ultimate mechanic, but I am gonna do this one. Your dad, Mister Dennis, replacing a car battery. Okay. All right, boy. You see those wires right there? First thing you want to do is you want to make sure that you don't cross the red wire with the black wire. So if you put the black, like just like your jumper cables, if you put the black on red, boy, you're going to fry yourself to smithereens. And that's just with life. If you go the wrong direction and do what you're not supposed to do, you're going to fry yourself to smithereens. You're going to be sitting there in the hospital wondering how the heck did I get here. And guess what, buddy? You didn't pay your deductible this month, so it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Next thing you want to do, you want to make sure that you take the bolts off the wires, okay? Make sure that you don't have your fingers down there because you'll get zapped pretty good. So you take it off, then you take the old battery out. Now, you don't want to just throw it in the trash can because they'll find you out the wazoo and then you're going to be sitting there telling your little boy that you can't pay for his college because you had to pay your property taxes because you're sitting in jail. Alright, then you put the new battery in. Now, when you connect these wires, I want to let you know that you might have a little jump. Just like with everything new in life, it's going to be scary at first. You might be scared that you're going to have a little jump, but guess what? If you just keep the old way of doing things, you ain't going to move forward in life because your car battery's going to be dead. So, you're going to want to connect those wires and voila, there you go. Now, you're going to want to turn the key on, rev it a little bit, give it a little bit of gas, but not too much gas because gas is $4 a gallon. So, make sure you conserve that gas because you don't want to be working two jobs having to pay just for you to go to the ice cream store because they ain't going to make your cold stone right. <laughs> How was that? That was dead on. So, if uh, like like he was saying, if you did not know his dad, there you go. Um, side note: We were I was at his house one time, and this man worked two jobs. He was a very hardworking guy, and we were at his house, and you know Chris and I and Chris's brother Matthew were playing hide and go seek, and I hid in this closet where they. Um, where you know he would hang his coat at so the man comes home from work he probably had you know a long day two jobs and everything he opens the door and here's this boy you know giving him the shush simple like shh i'm in here and all i know is i just see the look on his face and he had this classic look on his face i wish that i could describe it over here but he would always roll his eyes and he would always he would always just sigh he would go and he would just, and he just, he just gave me that look inside and shut the door. But I was happy he didn't say anything of where I was, because he, he could yeah. have. <laughs> My dad was a lot like Hank Hill. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was a little bit different improv this week. Um, our final segment is the eclair, which is our positive advice. And man, it's crazy to think that we're almost towards the end of this, but I'm going to go ahead and go first since you went first last week. So my positive advice is letting you know that it's okay to take the time to work on yourself and to heal. Um, I'm going to get really transparent. Uh, there was a time in my life where, you know, I had been through a lot of things, you know, of course my dad dying and then, you know, going through my divorce and all that good stuff. And I thought I could just manage it. I thought I could just stuff it down. 
And it got to the point where I realized a lot of these feelings were coming out and I hadn't dealt with them. And, you know, I, I had slipped into a pretty bad place and I felt bad because I was like, man, like it, it's selfish for me to sit here and deal with all this and for me to be vulnerable. You know, there's a lot of people that are going through a lot of things right now. And these problems are, you know, not that bad to someone that's like starving every night. But I had to learn that, you know what, you sometimes just got to take the time and to deal with, you know, those pains and deal with those hurts. And that's OK. And it's OK to be uh, in a season where you're not Superman all the time, where you can be vulnerable and where you can take care of the things that you need to take care of because guess what if you don't take care of those feelings they're going to keep going on and yeah you might be able to push them down but one day they're going to come back up and you're just going to explode and it's going to affect the people around you you know I mean if you have kids whatever you deal with or don't deal with whatever you don't deal with you know you'll pass that down to your kids whether you mean to or not and so it's important for you to take care of yourself and to take care of those things and it's okay to take that time to heal that doesn't make you a bad person or a weak person but just take that time to heal and uh, do whatever steps you need to do if you need to you know distance yourself from everybody for a little bit you know you don't want to be totally alone but if you need to take a break from you know if you're serving or volunteering in an area, if you need to take a break, that's okay. If you need to not meet with as many people or hang out with as many people, that's okay. If you need to take time to go to therapy or, you know, be on medication, whatever you need to do, just make sure that you're taking care of you. Yeah, I totally agree with that. One thing that I will add as well, if you're pushing it down and you're stuffing it down and you're not dealing with it, I've noticed in life, and it might just be for me, I don't know about Chris and everyone else, but for me, it comes in cycles. So maybe this time around, you don't deal with it. It will come back around and you will have to deal with it at some point. So you might as well go through it while you can because the next time it comes around, it's not nearly as gonna be easy as the next is the first time it came around or even you know whatever time it comes around, but it will come around and you will have to face it at some point. So you wanna do that as quickly as possible um, it's not fun. It's not easy, but it's something that uh, ultimately leads to growth. Out of pressure makes diamonds, right? So, I mean, that's that's really good. So, uh, my eclair this week is life is short. Just don't take it too seriously. Um, this is really me being transparent here. I take life very seriously. I tend to be a perfectionist to myself. I tend to hold myself to uh, unrealistic standards a lot of the time. And just realize that you're one person and realize that Rome was not built in a day. And if you're not getting everything done that you want to get done, it's okay, just keep working towards it. And for me personally to, to help with that, just don't look at the whole big picture. I mean, we're, we're just going to take bite-sized chunks out of things. But the thing about it is, you know, if I don't get this done, it really weighs on me. And it weighs on me hard. And it adds to my stress level. And, you know, if we're talking about work, if we're talking about volunteering, if we're talking about anything, a very good piece of advice that I try to live by is, you know, these items in five, ten years you won't be there and you won't be in that spot, but there'll be somebody else dealing with the exact same problems in the exact same seat that you are. So really and truly, it's not that big of a deal. It's not life or death. So try not to worry about them. Don't lose any sleep over them. 
because uh, life is short. Life is really short, and we don't. You don't want to go through your life and be at the end and be like, "Man, I was a stressed out person the entire time." Yeah, it's very good to make sure you and do things that maybe you know help you just relax. You know, for us, it's doing this podcast. Like that's kind of our creative outlet, and we get to talk, and you know, we get to. Uh, just be able to be ourselves we get to be funny we get to let loose uh probably not as loose as we uh probably could because we got sponsors and we got the children listening again we're gonna probably go do donut box late night one time um but we got sponsors just kidding if you want to be a sponsor please sponsor us uh but tvtrashcan.com that is tvtrashcan.com look and help us and like and be looking for those new videos and hey if you want to sponsor us give us money so we don't have to hop on that poll Yep, or be on the corner, because the thing about it is, no, I'm not going there. All right, um, but yeah, we, we really appreciate all of you guys. We really appreciate all the support that we've gotten to this point, and uh, like we like Chris was saying, we're getting those UFC videos ready. Um, we're going to be doing some testing and such, and so be looking for that real soon, because uh, if you're a UFC fan, this ought to be really fun. We're going to have a lot of fun with it as well, so... Well, I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. We will see y'all next Monday. Give us money so we don't have to work on the poll. Just kidding. I don't want to sing the song that I was thinking of. Anyways, all right. Y'all have a good week.